But the real test of great leadership is how do you handle power? It is not how you handle being broke. 10% of zero is nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's how you handle power. It's, it's, it's when you got the edge. What do you do when you finally get the edge and you get the drop on somebody? How do you handle power? Black Equity, episode eight. Yeah, we're back. Boy, oh boy. Thank you, everyone that has made their way back to listening to this podcast. Your uh, your listenership is much respected, appreciated. Uh when I first sat down and decided to do uh, this podcast, I knew that this would be one heck of an endeavor of taking all of 2019 each weekday, each afternoon and giving my take on culture and how it affects business and business and how it affects culture and Tying it all together so you get a real perspective from someone who's not necessarily that involved. Now, I do invest in companies. I do invest in things that are indirectly related to the culture. But I really have no desire to be in front of the camera. I I wouldn't mind being an executive producer over projects I wouldn't mind uh, being behind the scenes on certain projects because I think having the right people in those positions is needed. Someone who's going to be a truth teller, someone who's going to truly give you the real. And so this right here that I'm doing is simply what I've been doing my entire life. And when I say my entire life, I really mean since 13, 14, 15 years old, I've been watching the game and I've been talking about it. You know, those times where you go home and you watch culture and then you come back to school and then everybody's at the lunch table for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and we're all talking about the culture. And that's the thing that links us. Yeah, this is all this is. We're just having a nice conversation about what connects us all we could easily find the differences between us and not talk about anything at all not have any type of relation with each other but this is something that connects us and it becomes part of our story as we live our day-to-day individual stories and so I understand the responsibility that comes at my doorstep every single day of gathering wisdom and then speaking on it. It's a very serious matter when it comes down to speaking on something that ties every one of us together. And so yesterday's episode definitely received a lot of feedback uh, this AM 
and a little bit this afternoon. And once again, I thank you for listening. We spent some time learning how to follow the money. We learned we learned so much yesterday. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, you're really doing a disservice for yourself. Because really, none of this is for me. None of this is for me. Yeah, I want you to join our private email. Uh, I want you to be part of our private community. I eventually am going to start recruiting people who want to invest in companies. Yes, I am going to be releasing a book in the next 30 days. Yes, I have a brand of my own that I'm building. So technically, indirectly, I do benefit from putting out these episodes. But I try to make sure that what I put out has really nothing to do with me. This has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the game that we are watching. And my job, I feel, is to get to stories before they become the story. And so that leaves me here the day before R. Kelly's uh, surviving R. Kelly documentary. It's not his documentary. It's being shown on Lifetime. It's been a long time coming to get to this point. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. I want to just make sure I've spoken on it before it gets released into the culture. And then unless something magnificent happens, I really won't be speaking on it again unless new wisdom comes from uh Maybe R. Kelly, you know, maybe he comes out and speaks on it and maybe it becomes a bigger story. I'm going to let the documentary drop and then let you decide what you want to decide. But I do think this is a great opportunity to step back before it releases and have a conversation because I don't really believe in being reactionary. I've seen podcasts where they stop the recording so then they can go listen to whatever just happened so then they can give their take on it. I don't really need to see what's going to happen to give you my take. I already have my take. I've had my take for quite some time. I think I had my take basically when I was 13, 14, 15 years old and we started uncovering some of this. And Here I am, a a very impressionable young man, trying to fit in, trying to be cool, trying to understand what it means to be a a black young man in this society. And whispers come to me that there uh, is a uh, sex tape with R. Kelly, and he is with someone underage. Uh, there was a lot of people who were a little bit older than me. They seemed very excited by this news. You know, I guess the nostalgia of, you know, fame and sex and all this other stuff, being immature, being kids really makes you 
get that information and be excited by it. But for me, it was a little weird because, see, I always knew that the men in my life and indirectly in my life treated the girls in my in my circle a lot differently than they treated me. I can always tell the way they spoke, the way that their tone of voice changed, the way that they would do things for them. It was always very weird. I don't think this is an R. Kelly problem alone. I believe that this is a bigger issue than we even realize. I've literally have seen grown men throw themselves at little girls. And I have to step back here and have a bigger conversation about something I talked about on the last episode. About being honorable, my friends. See, there comes a time in your life where the light bulb switches in your head and you realize you're the adult now. I'm not sure when it clicks for everybody, but at some point it clicks and then everything becomes a 360 and everything that you were doing uh, as a child, you put that away and you put you put away your childish ways and you become a man or you become a woman or you become whatever it is you chose to become and you put that away and you, you look at the world differently. But you never forget how people treated you before you were an adult. You never forget that. Because, see, that was the real them. I've been part of people uh, trying to spiritually abuse me, mentally abuse me, and physically abuse me. So I understand a tad bit the manipulation that adults use on kids. It's disgusting. And I'm not talking about just the physical. I'm talking about lying to children to get them to do things that you want them to do. I have no respect for it. Because I believe the hate you give infants fucks everybody. I truly believe that the hate you give little infants fucks everybody. I believe how you treat the youth will always backfire on you. And I have a few uncles, a few cousins. They won't even come around me because inside of me is the truth. 
I have a father who wouldn't dare set foot anywhere within the circumference of my eyes because inside of me is the truth. And inside of me being the truth, it sets me free. I have new people that have come into my life who pretend to be great people. They have a whole world at their disposal. And instead of doing what is honorable, they choose to try to manipulate, control, and take advantage of being older. Some people get so cocky in being older that they think they can use anybody that doesn't have the knowledge that they have. See, when I was in middle school, seventh grade, there were these bullies that just showed up, showed up out of nowhere. It was very weird. It's like they set their, their, their sights on me and they decided well, we're bigger or we're stronger. We're going to take them out. And uh, Ryan Jefferson, middle school, I remember you. You ended up playing basketball in high school. You thought you were really cool. I remember you. You were a bully. And you had some type of plot to try to beat me up at school one day. This is at Campus I, Irmo, South Carolina. But see, little did Ryan Jefferson understand DJ Motree is an honorable young man. And see, what honor does is it surrounds you around people who protect you, look out for you, and they make sure that nothing ever happens to you based off of your honor. And when Ryan Jefferson came out of nowhere to bully me and fight me, my honorable friends came out of nowhere as well and said, you better not touch him. See, what honor does is it gets you into rooms. It gets you into circles that you probably were never supposed to get into. But by the grace of God, you are there. And so I want to take today before the headlines of tomorrow and the next few weeks uh, circulate with documentaries, with accusations, with so many different things that 2019 will bring us. I want to take today to talk about being honorable and why it's so important to your legacy. What the hell is wrong with you people? Every famous nigga that gets arrested is not Nelson Mandela? Yes, the government conspires to put a lot of innocent black men in jail on fallacious charges. But R. Kelly is not one of those men. We all know the nigga can sing. But what happened to standards? What happened to bare minimums? You a fan of R. Kelly? You want to help R. Kelly?
Kelly? Then get some counseling for R. Kelly. Introduce him to some older women. Hide his camcorder. But don't pretend like the man is a hero. And stop the damn dancing. Act like you got some goddamn sense, people. Damn. Don't play around here. Boo! Hey, you with the afro. Give it a rest. Beat it. Put the music back on. We live in a world where people find ways to trick your mind so then they can own it. I said it. People will find ways to trick your mind so they can own it. All you got to do is follow the money. All you got to do is follow the paper trail people will position themselves as an employer and now you walk in you do an interview they say they want to hire you oh well thank you sir thank you oh thank you and now the manipulation in your reality is that you found a really great job or you apply for a school and the school has found its way to brand itself to make it seem to be the most prestigious school in the entire state or country or uh, continent that you're on. And you have bought into the dream that that school is the one for you. So you go through the selection process and you get that letter in the mail and that thing says you are accepted. Hallelujah. The whole family is there for you. Not knowing what waits for you on the other side of the imaginary acceptance into somebody else's circle. You want to get into the music business? Well, you got to you got to get with the right people. You got to get with this company or that company or that record label or this person, the Lior Cohen's of the world, the Jay-Z's of the world. You got to get down the Dame Dashes. You got to go work over at Interscope. Jimmy Iovine, he's the one that will get you to where you need to be. Dr. Dre will help out Eminem. Everybody got somebody that opens the door. P. Diddy helps out the locks and signs him to 70% publishing to his own company. All these people have positioned themselves. So then by the time you walk into the room, they believe that they have all the advantage. In walks R. Kelly. He's built a brand for himself. He's one of the best writers and singers. And somehow he stumbles across an up-and-coming superstar by the name of Aaliyah. When he meets her, 
Reports say that she's between 14 and 15 years old, but she has super superstar written all over her. You know, superstar. Macaulay Culkin, uh, Michael Jackson with the Jackson 5, you name it. There are people that when you meet them or when they hit the camera, it's known right away this person has the it factor. And age ain't nothing but a number when it comes down to following the money. People will sign things, get things, get the parent to do it and, you know, put put things together, move the family out, do whatever it takes to get Macaulay Coke in a Home Alone set. Whatever it takes to get the Olsen twins for Full House, we're going to do it. Oh, we can only film this amount of time per day. Well, we'll make sure we write everything around that because these two are superstars. And age ain't nothing but a number when it comes to the almighty dollar. So R. Kelly sees Aaliyah, and I don't know exactly what happens. You'll have to find out on the documentary of these people who are going to be speaking about R. Kelly. I'm sure there'll be some backstory. Because you can't have a conversation about R. Kelly without going to the first source, which is the Aaliyah situation. If the documentary does not talk about Aaliyah, it's a fraudulent documentary. They have to at least mention it for five seconds. And to me, that's where the story begins. You got a little bit of fame. You got a little bit of power. You got a little bit of influence. You the man. You get a, You got a lot of clout. And you are the person that people want to work with. The question is, how are you going to handle power? Will you use it for good or will you use it to manipulate? Will you be honorable with the power that is vested in you? When you build your company, how will you treat people? I told y'all back on the Unity episode, there are people around here pretending to be for the culture. But then when you reach out to them, they don't give a damn about you. There are podcasts out there now that claim to want to help people get their wealth up. There are IG pages out there now that claim to be for getting pockets filled with black dollars. But when you actually reach out to these people and try to have a conversation with them, See, when the truth rubs up against the devil, the devil reacts. So when I just happen to, to, to breeze through and just say hello, the devil gets, he, he just can't handle it. Because see, here's the thing. Read the book Napoleon Hill, right? It's called Outwitting the Devil. And in that book, it talks about how the devil will disguise himself or herself in places that you would least expect. The devil is going to disguise himself in places that you would say that's not possible. The devil is in your school system. He's one of the teachers. Yes, he is. 
I can guarantee you that one of the people in the school of your children, the devil's got a hold of them. And it's a spiritual warfare between your prayers of sending your kids off to be taught and whatever is in the mind of of that person who is deciding to do wrong. And every day you have to pray that nothing happens. And you got to watch these people. See, the devil exists in the church. Oh, yes, he does. He loves to hang out in the church. And a lot of times he's the main person in the church. Because he can hide there. See, the devil likes to go places where he can hide. Where nobody can see him. Because instead of seeing him, we see what we want to see. We see the teachers. We see the pastors. And we see a famous R&B singer. And yes, I do have R. Kelly down as the goat of R&B. I would be lying to my people if I didn't say that he's probably number one. But that doesn't mean he's honorable. The greatest of all time in one thing doesn't mean you have the greatest character. Because every single thing you do is being recorded and documented by the universe. And you can try to do things that nobody can see. Maybe the humans can't see. But the angels are watching. And you will be found out. Because see, everything that happens in the dark comes to light. And so here we are on the eve of this documentary. And I'm thinking, Aaliyah sees R. Kelly. She may not. I'm just this is just me guessing now. She's 14, 15 years old. She would just want, you know, I was 14, 15. I was ready to get out the house. I was ready to live my life. I'm listening to Tupac. All eyes on me. I'm good. I remember when Ashley Branch gave me this, the tape of All Eyes on Me. Because, see, I wasn't allowed to listen to uh, cuss words at that age, which makes perfect sense, right? And I remember being in class and my homegirl, Ashley Branch, shot out to her, hope all is well. She said, have you heard the Tupac All Eyes on Me album? I said, no, I haven't heard it. I'll make you a copy. I'll make you a copy. The next day, I bring my cassette player. This is cassette player days. I put All Eyes on Me on. And the heavens opened up. Because the amount of game that was in that CD and still is in that CD is unmatched. I say that to say this. I'm sitting here, 14, 15 years old, listening to All Eyes on Me, and I'm ready to get out. I'm tired of being bossed around by my parents. 
I'm tired of being told what to do. And I'm ready to go. I know there's another world out there. I can see it on TV. I want to be part of that world. I want to be a singer. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a whatever, right? And so all this kind of stuff may be going through the mind of someone like Aaliyah. I don't know. Okay? I'm just trying to get inside the mind. And rest in peace, Aaliyah. I'm just trying to get inside your mind. And you bump into somehow, some way, it all happens. We'll, we'll fast forward to you bump into R. Kelly. He wants to work with you. And there's nothing wrong with that part. But then a decision is made. A decision is made on R. Kelly's part to cross the lines and be unhonorable. So unhonorable that he has enough conversations with you that he wants to get married to you. So unhonorable that in order to marry you, He has to falsify your age in the marriage certificate, which then nulls the marriage once it's found out. See, this is how you know you're doing unhonorable things. If you have to do it in the dark, it's unhonorable. Do it for the world to see, my G. Why are you forging ages? If you knew if what he was doing was fine, then her being 15 years old wouldn't have been an issue. Or if you really love this person, let's just say that that is isn't that bad. Let's just say it is. Then wait three years, my G. Or wait whatever amount of time it is, my G. Why? Why the rush? Why the rush? Perhaps... The young lady said, I'm not doing anything with you until we're married. And perhaps you said, I'll do whatever it takes. And perhaps you did whatever it took. And perhaps all this happened while you put out this album called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. And perhaps as Aaliyah grew in the industry and she stepped away from you, you never grew. Maybe you were always chasing after your first, your first prey. Everybody that has ever come across Aaliyah has all fallen in love with her. R. Kelly is falling in love with her. Timberland fell in love with her. Dame Dash fell in love with her. Jay-Z was involved with her. All these people All these people have gravitated towards this one woman. As much as it is unhonorable for R. Kelly 
we have to talk about how honor is a two-way street. Lisa, there are fans that say all they care about is his music. They don't care about the accusations or the allegations. Is that frustrating for you? It is. It's very frustrating because um, if it was your daughter or your sister or family member, you wouldn't feel that way. And I mean, if it wasn't for people buying his music, going to his concerts, he wouldn't be able to fund the lifestyle he's living with these underage girls as well as these young, manipulative young women. follow the money, you get to the truth. So, instead of us following the story of R. Kelly, we give a, we gave a little bit of backstory, but now let's just take a few minutes to follow the money, and I'm sure it will take us everywhere that we need to be. R. Kelly... In 2013, released an album called Black Panties. The album was released on RCA Records. RCA Records is an American record label owned by Sony Music. It is one of Sony Music's four flagship labels alongside... It's former longtime rival Columbia Records, Arista Records, and Epic Records. I repeat, RCA Records is owned by Sony Music. Now, who is Sony Music? Sony Music is an American global music conglomerate owned by Sony. So let's go look at who owns Sony. Sony is a Japanese multinational conglomerate headquartered in Tokyo. And that, my friends, is where the money is. The key person currently over Sony is Kaz Hari. Kaz Hari is a Japanese businessman who is a chairman of Sony Corporation. He also serves on the board member as a board member of Sony Interactive Entertainment and chairman and co-CEO of Sony Entertainment. He was noted by Entertainment Weekly as one of the most powerful executives in entertainment 
industry. Kais Hyrie. And I apologize if I said your name incorrectly. So once we follow the money, it all leads up to Sony. So then you have to ask yourself, if the money flows up to Sony, why would they still be doing business with R. Kelly? What, what, what do they gain by being attached to such a person? Hmm. Well, after he does Black Panties, he releases the next album called The Buffet in 2015. Also underneath RCA, which we now know leads all the way up to Sony. 2016, he releases The Twelve Nights of Christmas underneath the label of RCA which we know leads up to Sony. And in 2020, he is scheduled to release an album called King underneath, you guessed it, RCA, which we now know leads all the way up to Sony. So now we have to ask ourselves, why would Sony be funding this and also why why is Sony so comfortable being in business with R. Kelly well, well my friends because R. Kelly makes them money my friends Somebody is buying and and listening to these albums. Don't forget on the Black Panties in 2013. This is after we know that there's a lot going on. He has guest appearances from Ludacris, Two Chains, Young Jeezy, Migos, Kelly Rowland, Juicy J, and Future. None of these people saw any issues with working with R. Kelly because money would be involved. And so, my friends, you have to go to the buffet. Who all appeared on this album? Lil Wayne, Janae Aiko, Ty Dollar Sign, Jeremiah, Juicy J, Wizkid, and Tanache. None of these people had any issues with working with R. Kelly. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to making money. And by working with R. Kelly, there's a guaranteed amount of money and a a guaranteed return on investment that always comes. People are going to buy the album and people are going to show up to the concerts because who cares what's happening behind the scenes? We just want to dance. And so I will say this. The people that are unhonorable can only get away with it 
if they are supported by other unhonorable people. That's the way this world works. I'm not saying it's fair and I'm not saying it's right, but unhonorable people support unhonorable people and that allows unhonorable people to flourish. I ask you to take a pledge to be honorable and only support those who are honorable as well. Your legacy is at stake. When you start doing business, you start making deals, I want you to follow the money. And if it leads back to Sony, will you take the check? Who are you accepting money from, my friends? Who is tied to that money? Always pay attention. Always pay attention to where your money comes from. And pay attention to how you use your money towards the community. Being unhonorable can only last but for so long. And one day, if you are indeed honorable, it will pay off. My name is DJ Moultrie. This is Black Equity. This is where we talk about how business affects culture and how culture affects business. And nothing moves without our culture first. None of these corporations exist without our say-so. We decide what's hot and what's not. And that's a lot of power, my friends. A power that I don't think we're using the right way. Until next time, stay prosperous and stay blessed. Let me ask you something real that millions of Americans are thinking about, you know, wondering about you. Do you like teenage girls? When you say teenage, how are we talking? Girls who are teenagers. 19? 19 and younger. I have some 19-year-old friends, but I don't like anybody illegal if that's what we're talking about, underage. Uh-huh. Some people think that you like underage girls. What do you say to them? Well, those people, those people that don't know Robert, they don't know me, you know, so. I usually don't get into what people think about me, you know, because all my career, you know, even before the trial, people have had their opinions about Robert, you know, and that's probably because it has a lot to do with me. I, 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 I kind of stay shy away from the crowd, you know, because I'm always in the studio, digging deep into the basement all the time of my house, creating music. So, you know, people, when they don't know you and they can't really touch you like they could someone else, they, they, they seem to form opinions or have uh, thoughts uh, about you that they like to, you know, think. So... Some of the people who have worked with you have said that there's an issue here. Uh, your former manager has said publicly that there's an issue of concern here. 
Your brother Kerry has said there's an issue of concern here. What issue of concern? Mm -hmm. What do you mean when you say issue of concern? They've said that they're concerned that you like underage girls. Let me put it to you this way, man. You know, unfortunately, the people that don't work for me says that. The people that do work for me don't say that. And the people that don't work for me were fired. If you had someone work for you and and they're mad because they're not working for you anymore. They're used to getting a certain amount of money or they're used to getting a certain amount of fame because they work for you because you're famous and all of a sudden they mess you around and you, and you let them go. Anything that comes up about you, they're going to run and, and say, yeah, you know, he they did that to me. I knew this too about him. But you really can't, you know, I don't want you, I don't want BET, I don't want my fans. Do not listen to the people that was fired, <laughs> you know. Don't even listen to the people that was hired, <laughs> you know. Listen to the facts and, and, get in, and, and, and get into what you think and make your own opinions. If you're going to have an opinion about me, have your opinion about what you may think about me. Be, you know, what you definitely don't do is go by somebody that was fired and they're mad and pissed off at me because they were fired. But your brother, Kerry, mm -hmm. was not fired. He's still your brother. Yeah, he was fired. It, uh, but he's still your brother. Doesn't matter. He's still my brother, but if he's still my brother, why did he get fired? Why did he get fired? I can't get into that. Okay, 